Well, tonight, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to continue the discussion we had this morning. You know, the theme of this conference, arts, worship, missions. This morning, we looked at the role of worship in the task of missions. And this evening, we're going to look at the role of the arts in the task of missions. There is a lot I could say about this. I've been spending my life dedicated to this task. And I was thinking I could go through some various techniques that we've learned, some strategies that have been really successful. I could tell you a lot of stories. But I want to try something different because I think it'll be helpful for us to, to lead us in worship of who God is and how great he is by looking at the why does this work? Why are the arts so effective at building community and sharing the gospel? Now, this isn't a sermon. It can't be because I don't have any shoes on. I don't think you can preach a sermon with just socks on. <laughs> so it's a talk. And I'm going to be going through a whirlwind of scriptures, because I really want to try to give you an overview in a very short time of, of one way to approach this subject. There are many, many ways. And so I want to look at it in the context of language this evening, art as language. And so all the way through, as we look at the different scriptures and we think about language, you can think about the arts as language and how it communicates with us. But before we do that, I'd like to pray. <laughs> Dear God, we, as we look at lots of different scriptures, we pray that you would open our hearts and help us to see you. Help us to know you better through this time and lead us in worship, we pray in your name. Amen. Let's start with Psalm 33. Okay, here we go. <laughs> by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Many, many parts of Scripture show us that God is a linguistic community of three persons. God the Father spoke the Word, God the Son, and created the starry host by His breath, by God the Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit talk to each other, commune with one another linguistically for all of time, if we can think about it that way. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created, God the Father created, and the Spirit of God, God the Spirit, was hovering over the waters, and God said, God the Word, God the Son, let there be light, and there was light. And then jumping ahead to John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
Think about that. Without him, nothing was made. All of creation was made by the word of God. Over and over again, we have this kind of linguistic imagery of how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit relate to one another and how they have brought this world into being. Consider the first chapter and the last chapter of Revelation where Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. Jesus saying, I am the beginning and end of all human communication, <laughs> and all communication for that matter. You see how over and over again, God is giving us these imagery of how he interacts. And we even can say, look at God, the Father is God, the speaker, God, the word, and then God, the spirit as God, the listener. John 16, the spirit will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. You can see there's this interaction back and forth. God, the Father, is speaking. He's the speaker, speaking the word, God the Son, and God the Spirit is the listener. And when we become Christians, it's God the Spirit in us responding to God. All of the creation speech, everything that was made was through this interacting and together, the Trinity speaking the world, creation into being. And he not only makes it that way, but he holds it together with his word. Hebrews 1.3, sustaining all things by his powerful word. If God were to stop speaking, the universe would cease to exist. All right, so we don't have a universal mute God. We have a triune speaking God. So that's the first point we have to realize. If we look at God as this trinity of three persons communing and talking to one another, it makes sense then, therefore, why man linguistically relates to everything in our world. We relate to each other this way, and we relate to God this way. So Genesis 2, the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. As man in each part of the world, we give names to the animals, the plants, the minerals, to each other. Adam named Eve, Eve named Cain and Abel, and on and on it goes. Because we know that God relates to each other linguistically, that it's relational, the whole purpose of that language is for them to commune with one another, to glorify one another. It makes sense then that that's how we get to know our world, by naming things, by naming the animals. Me, as an organist, I can tell you 
a lot about each of the stops of the organ. I know the difference between a chimney flute and a, a borden, <laughs> and a harmonic flute, and a spitz flute. These are all just four-foot flutes. I know what they look like. I know what they sound like. I know how to use them in the music. Because I have a relationship with that instrument, that's the way I get to know it, by naming all the different sounds. And that's just how we interact with the world, based upon language, based upon relationship. And that stems from the core of who God is as a linguistic community. So, the cool thing about this, now thinking about this as arts, right? We are trying to understand our world, and so we make art. We put our hopes and dreams into it. We think about what are, what's good and what's bad. What is beautiful and what's ugly? Who do we long to be as a people or as individuals? How do we wrestle with things in society the arts are a language with which we deal with these and try to interact with the world and figure out these things. So keeping that in mind, and then you realize God, he's given us language in his image, and then he is speaking through all things that are made. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Through the things of creation, through everything that is made, God is talking to us. Declaring, proclaiming, speaking, revealing, voicing, and yet not with words. They use no words, no sound is heard from them, and yet this is communicated. It is language. And this includes the things that we make as well. This includes the arts of all the nations of the world. I think it's helpful to look at the, a Japanese word in this, skuru. Do we have that slide up here? There's a Japanese word for to make. Yep, there it is up at the top, to make. It has two parts. It has a radical on the left that means proceeding forth. It has a part on the right that means tell, inform, announce. Very common character. You see it everywhere. These are pictograms. There's meaning behind these pictures. And it's common to put them together to get meaning. And when you do that with this one to make, you get information proceeding forth. That somehow made things are telling you something. It's communicating something. And basically that's the intrinsic value of when you make art, you are putting meaning into your work. You are trying to say something in your art. I find it fascinating that that square, meaning mouth, is found, it's one of the most common Japanese characters. It's one of the first 10 you learn when you start studying Japanese. 
and it mean, it's in every single verb for communicating. So to say, to talk, to tell, to converse. And there you see it at the top in the word to make. Something is being said through making. God is speaking through making everything that he's made. All of creation, everything that has been made and will ever be made is declaring his glory because it is an outpouring of his creation speech and who he is as the Trinity. This is so important to understand because I I feel like sometimes when I talk about the arts in Japan and talking about the gospel, they'll say, well, no, wait a minute. You know, that person, the artist who made that was not a Christian, so you can't really talk about the gospel using their art. I disagree. (laughs) God made that art. It's true. Everything that was made They can't help it. Everything is an outpouring of what God is doing and making in this world. In fact, many Christian pastors in Japan will use a, instead of calling him kami, which just means God, with kind of a lowercase g, those will say, sozo nushi dearu kami-sama, which uses that kanji, that character, as one of the characters in there, which means creator Lord God. Because none of the eight million gods of Japan, the Yaoyorozu no Kami, they're called, eight million gods of the Shinto religion, none of them are proclaiming or saying anything through what is made. Our God is so great. He is declaring his glory through all things in all nations. And that sets him apart from the gods of the Shinto religion. Romans 1. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. So the people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So this is one of the basic scripture verses for general revelation, right? How God is revealing characteristics about who he is through his creation and through everything that's been made. But Paul seems to be going a step further here when he says, for although they knew God, they didn't just know about God, but knew God himself, that's why we are without excuse. God is revealing himself to everyone through what he has made, and they're not glorifying him. The whole purpose of creation speech is God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are talking to each other, glorifying one another for all eternity, and when they create things, when God creates things, it's meant to glorify him. And when we don't give him that glory, it just, it doesn't make sense. That's a whole, like, that's how it came into being in the first place. And so when we glorify him through art, through made things, it's, it's giving him back that glory through which it was made in the first place. Paul makes this much clearer in Romans 10. So just a few chapters later, this is a very, very famous 
scripture passage for mission conferences. How can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Most mission conferences stop there. I would like to continue because <laughs> I think the next part is what's really fascinating to artists. He goes on. Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Okay, word about Christ. He's saying that the message is about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Did they not hear this message? Of course they heard this message. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world, quoting Psalm 19. Okay, Paul is talking about people who have never opened a Bible, never met a Christian, never been to a Christian worship service. And yet, Paul is saying, they heard the word about Christ. Wow, that's, that's a pretty bold statement. That is how powerful <laughs> the things of creation are in talking about who God is. Now, as we talked about this morning, the role of missionaries isn't to bring God to the nations. God's already there. He's made the nations. Our job is just to help people get into intimate relationships with God and to worship Him, to glorify Him. Like God is there. He made them. In that word, the word about Christ. It's like, I'm not, we're not trying to repurpose something that doesn't quite fit, you know? Like say, well, this would be a good tool somehow for contextualization. Let's, let's take this, I know it's not Christian, but you know, let's kind of make it holy somehow and use it to talk about the gospel. But according to the Bible, it says that no, that all things fall under the sovereignty of God. Nothing is part, apart from his purview, you know? It was actually made for that purpose in the first place. God made music to proclaim his glory, to share the word about Christ. And just as language is built for relationship of God within God, it's built for relationship with God from us. Now, I've, in my book, The Broken Leaf, I've put many, many examples of how the Japanese traditional arts, arts developed during a time when Japan was shut off from everything, every other country, people had no chance to meet a Christian. All the Christians were killed or sent out. They had never met a Christian, never opened a Bible, never been to a Christian worship service, and yet the gospel is being proclaimed. The word about Christ is being proclaimed through the traditional arts of Japan. And I'm going to tell some of those stories on Wednesday, but what I want to do to close our time tonight is tell you two stories of what happened in December to show you how this plays out. Ayaka Uchida 
is a friend of mine, a great artist. She's a Nihonga artist. Nihonga is a traditional Japanese art where you crush minerals and then glue them onto handmade Japanese paper. She and some other artists got together and they decided that they wanted to talk about the meaning of Christmas in December. So they rented a gallery, they put up their works, and they told lots of people about it. I walked into the gallery to support her, and there was a crowd of people surrounding Ayaka, asking questions. Her, theory, her, her theme for that was on Emmanuel Sky. It was on the presence of God. That was what she wanted to focus on for this time. And they're asking her questions, why does this look so, there's a darkness and yet there's a hope. Why is there a light in this darkness? And they're asking her really, really good questions. And she was sharing the gospel message through her artwork, not forcing it upon them. They were asking for it. They were coming to her asking questions. It was an opportunity to share the gospel and what the presence of God in our lives looks like. Well, day after day, they hosted these exhibits. And you know, the owner of the gallery was so moved by their message that the week before Christmas, she confessed that she wanted to become a Christian. And she attended her very first worship service on Christmas Sunday, this past December. And I was talking to Ayaka recently, and she said that she just joined a Bible study. So you see how the arts had helped Ayaka and to get across the gospel, not because it was being used as some clever gimmick or something like that, but it's built into the very fabric of what the arts is, <laughs> to interact, to ask questions, and to be able to talk about what the gospel is and to be able to build relationships. Language is meant for relationships, and the arts are incredibly effective at building relationships. Ayaka told her own story of becoming a Christian. She was invited by a group to go to a worship service, and the pastor, she said, kept talking about this Jesus guy, but I didn't see Jesus up there. I don't know who he's talking about. She's not interested in that at all. But she said it was the music that led her to become a Christian. That it was through the music she decided that she did want to become a Christian and find out who this Jesus guy is. That it moved her that deeply. That God was communicating with her, speaking to her through the music. And then through that, she was brought into the community, joined a Bible study, got a good foundation on the Christian faith. Isn't it cool how God uses the arts in this way? Okay, let me give you another example. Mayuko, she's our intern, Japanese intern, who designed the, the collaborative art project that you saw earlier. She decided to do the same thing. She wanted to have an evangelistic, an event to be able to talk about the gospel during Christmas, so she rented a space in the coolest part of downtown Tokyo, Harajuku. This is where all the young, cool people hang out. All the 
very bright colored hair and, and fancy clothing. <laughs> Man, and I was walking down there. Whoa, there's nothing Christian around here. I mean, it's like crazy lights. And, and you walk to the space that she rented, and there she was painting behind a, a glass wall. That was interesting. My two boys, my nine-year-old and 13-year-old, my two youngest, helped by handing out gospel tracts. Now, usually that's not very successful in Japan. <laughs> They'll just dump them on the ground. But in this case, it was made, it was a work of art. It was a postcard of the nativity. And most Japanese don't know what the nativity is. They're like, well, that's strange. <laughs> but my kids were there, and they're all... Um, you know, they stand out as Americans, and the, the, the Japanese youth are saying, ah, kawaii, oh, they're so cute, and they're patting them on the head, and the first time that happened, my boys ran back in the store, mommy, <laughs> scared to death, but then they tended to like it, and we're just like, oh, yes, come into the store, come into the store, where Mayuko would talk with them, and they would ask questions. One of the art series that she did was on the fruits of the Spirit, and they, would at, they look at it, patience. What is patience? And she would talk about what patience is in Japanese and basically give the gospel message. And they would ask questions about all of her artwork. And Mayuko told her own testimony of faith, how she became a Christian through the arts. She had this image that Christians were all old people who hang out in big buildings with steeples and, and stained glass and, and it just had nothing to do with her. You know, this cool young Japanese woman, like that's as foreign to her as could be, not for her. And yet through the arts, she came to know the God of the Bible and now is telling that message to others and people are interacting with her and wanting to know. Again, this is not some kind of gimmick or some, some kind of like repurposed way to kind of force the gospel down people's throats or whatever people may say about it. No. Gosh, this is what the arts were made for. It is so good at connecting people. We especially felt that after the, the earthquake. That's why we started Community Arts Tokyo, building community through the arts in Tokyo. People will come to events. They'll enjoy the community there. They'll come back for more. They'll bring their non-Christian friends. Our relationships are deepened. And it gives us more and more opportunities to talk about God. So you kind of see what, what I'm trying to show here. That God is a linguistic community. And out of his love that he shares within the Trinity in his creative speech. It goes out, makes all of creation. And we can't help but sense that and feel that in the arts and use that to glorify him and worship him. We can't even have a worship service without using the arts in some form through our song, <laughs> through our music, in so many other ways. God made the things of this world to draw us into relationship with him, to know him, to glorify him, 
and be led in worship of him. Making is crucial <laughs> to the task of missions. And by their very nature, the arts are a missional activity. So let's use these tools God gave us to tell his glory to the nations. Let me close in prayer. God, we, we really don't understand the significance of, this, of the arts and everything that it's made. And yet, we see how you use them to bring people to know you, to glorify you, into relationship with you. Thank you so much for this gift of the arts that enables us to worship you in so many different ways, in the beauty that it brings to our world, in the ways that it shows us that we have hope in dark times, in our despair. There's, there's, a, there's a, a hope that we can't help but feel at times. And you are speaking to us through that. You are sharing your gospel with us through our hard hearts and hard minds. Please continue to do that. Help us to live in this hope that you give us to know you in deeper and deeper ways that we may praise you forever. And we pray this in your name.